Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighter's Fury here. On 790 The Ticket, Tobin here with you. Good to be back behind the microphone for everybody. It has been a fun vacation week. We spent the last couple nights at the Heat's house watching them kick the crap out of the Pacers and the 76ers, which is absolutely fantastic. We will get into a lot of that tomorrow, of course. I'll be back 6 to 10 a.m. with Leroy, with Robbie, and we'll have a lot of fun doing that stuff, rubbing it in the Sixers' face. Uh, It was a late night for me. Uh, being in the heat locker room and, and talking to those guys after the victory, but I had to get back to my house and watch some of the fight action. We had a great card on Showtime last night, uh, which was headlined by Gervonta Davis taking on Yorioki Scamboa, of course, a, a South Florida a resident, a Cuban native. A lot of people know Gamboa down here. He's fought uh, recently as, uh, man, I want to say probably 18 months ago. I remember him fighting at the Miami Fairgrounds. That was a fight that was supposed to be at Marlins Park, and it ended up getting moved, but he got a win there. And this was a nice little opportunity for him. 38 years old, he was fighting for the lightweight championship of the world, taking on Javante Davis, who was moving up in weight. Um, some drama that was that was surrounding this going into it was uh, was a little bit of their lead-off of how they crossed paths, but also on the weigh-in day, Javante uh, Davis missed weight. To start, he, he he ended up making it on the second attempt, but Javante Davis, who was going up in weight, five pounds up from 130 pounds to 135 pounds, which, you know, only seemed natural. All right, he's not going to have to make that cut. He's a young man. He was in his early 20s. It's only natural, you know, kind of seeing the, 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 the little bulky size of him that he was probably going to eventually move up anyway. And so it seemed like that time had come. And he misses weight on the first attempt. And so you're already going to this with a little bit of an eyebrow raised at Javante Davis because, look, what's appealing with him is so it's so obvious. I mean, that that power, uh, that dynamic striking that he brings to the table, he is an exciting guy to watch when all that skill set is is put forth. But you know, you, you see the relationship with 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 Floyd Mayweather, which has been contentious at times with Mayweather promotions and him getting fights. But it, it's impossible to 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 watch Javante Davis and not think about Adrian Broner and think about all that potential and think about the 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 kind of striker and the kind of offensive fighter that Adrian Broner was in his early days when he was really on the up and up. Uh, when he was steamrolling fools, and everybody thought, man, this guy is going to be the next coming. He is going to be the truth. And, you know, slowly but surely, he started moving up weight classes. And, you know, that lack of discipline, not only from from outside the ring, kind of worked its way into into the lead of the fights. You know, Adrian's had a fantastic career as far as making money because people care about watching Adrian Broner. He's, you know, he's he's one of these stars that was – almost built of the internet, uh, always was going to say crazy stuff, was was uh, was an unbelievable crossover star with, with world star hip-hop. And a, a lot of, a lot of uh, those qualities Javante Davis has as well. The guy is a star. I mean, he, he is uh, a big star in his own right in Baltimore. In Atlanta yesterday, they were selling a bunch of tickets. 
and people care about watching him. And a lot of the stuff uh, that follows him with this, uh, with the crazy outfits that he's wearing to the ring, um, you know, the 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 the, the drama that, that that surrounds with, oh, is he going to make weight? Is he not going to make weight? What are we going to get? Because you see when those flashes are, are throughout the ring, it's like, man, this guy seems like a supernova of power. Um, and, and if he puts it all together, what a, what a stud this guy could be as far as a star in boxing. But, y- you know, this performance yesterday, it was interesting because he got the three knockdowns on Gamboa. Um, but Gamboa gets knocked down. He's a guy who's always been knocked down. Uh, I think what, he's probably at, what, 17 times he's been put on the canvas by the end of that fight in his career. So he's a guy that will get put on the canvas, but he gets back up. He's tough as hell. The, 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 the thing that was interesting that we learned afterwards once the fight was going on was Javante Davis was fighting a one-legged opponent. And here was some of the problems. The broadcast was pretty rough last night on Showtime. Uh, it was... It was. Uh, it felt very distracted, like uh, like like the the three guys who I think I think Showtime has one of the best crews out of out of all the guys going right now. I love Moranall, Al Bernstein, and and Paulie Malinaji. Uh, I don't know if it's because Showtime hasn't been doing many cards, so maybe they're a little bit rusty. Maybe it's just the the chemistry hasn't quite been there. But it felt like they was all very disjointed listening to them yesterday, and also with their interpreter because they. We're talking about Gamboa in the corner. They go to the second round. Gamboa gets put on the canvas. They go to the corner, and Gamboa is talking about, I can't go. I can't go. My my, It's my leg. It's my leg. And then uh, the guy goes, is it a shoe? shoe? Like, somehow shoe gets mentioned in the corner. But Gamboa is talking about, he, you know, he can't put any weight on it. He wants to stop the fight. He can't. He, he he can't go forth. And you're noticing as the fight's going on, like, his leg's buckling a little bit. It looks like an injury. But they are getting caught on the shoe thing. Like they 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 are honed in on the shoe, and so they they completely think it's a it's a it's a wardrobe issue. They, you know, they're talking about the idea of well, why can't he go back and change the shoes? You can change gloves, which is true. You can, if you know, if a glove breaks, you can go back and fix. It. I've seen that down here locally, where a guy's glove has literally exploded, and they've had to go get another glove. And the guy fought with two different gloves uh, to finish off a fight. But come to find out. Gamboa was fighting since the second round with a ruptured Achilles. A ruptured Achilles. This dude is such a badass. He went in there with Javante Davis raining hell on his chin on one leg, 38 years old, taking on a young line, 25 25 years old, fighting for a world championship, an absolute knockout artist, and he's fighting on one leg. And everybody's sitting there like, uh, Stacy McKinley, who's been, who's been trained in boxing forever. He trains down here. He's doing like a, a tape up job to try and, uh, support his ankle. Like in the midst of the fight, they're in the third round. Gamboa's got his leg out. McKinley is taping up the leg just so he can, just so he can stand up straight. And everybody here on the broadcast is talking it like, oh, he's got a, he's got a loose sole on his foot. No, he had a loose leg. He had no ligament and, and he's out there. You know, taking all this punishment, uh, it was it was such such a show in the guts. And then, so you go back. You know, it's one of these things where you're you're watching the fight, and because you know Gambo, they have the interpreter for it. Like, obviously, some stuff is getting lost in translation uh, if you don't speak Spanish. And so, everybody here sitting on the broadcast thinking that he has a busted up shoe. Come to find out, he had a busted up leg 
wanted to stop the fight. His trainer talked him out of it. Um, he ends up going fourth, getting to the twelfth round before he gets stopped. It was, I mean, such a show. And it gets and so I went back and watched it after he revealed that, and you're like, really? Like he, you, you were able to fight, and you can see, man, he, he can't put weight on the back of his on, on the back of his leg. It, it was, it was crazy. So, outside of the incredible show, a heart by Gamboa, the fact that he's he's pushing forty, fought on one leg, this takes us in a in a in a backward way to Javante Davis. So, what do we have in Javante Davis? We have a guy who who went up in weight, who's known as a power guy, and. You know, it wasn't the most inspiring performance. Yes, you go and you put a guy uh, on the canvas three times. It's a, you know, we're, we're we're maybe picking at things a little bit too harshly, but you can see his output wasn't quite uh, what it probably could have been. Probably didn't get rid of Gambo as fast as he should have. And now knowing that he fought a guy who was completely hindered the entire fight, basically, and it took him nearly all of that to to stop him before the referee looked at Gambo and finally uh, told him he does he doesn't have to go on anymore. Um, is it, it, the question really is, is Javante Davis special? You know, is this a special fighter? Is he a guy who is going to be one of the bedrock superstars of boxing? Or as the fighters get tougher and as, as the weight classes go up, is that power going to become a little less special? Is it going to become a little less dynamic? Is he going to have the discipline to get through camps, have himself in the right condition so that thing is devastating throughout an entire match. And also, you know, is he going to be able to to have the special qualities to take on the Lomachenkos or the other kings of, of the lightweight division? It, it's an interesting question. I don't know. Um, and, 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 and you go to the parallels of Adrian Brown, it's like, you know, they've hung out together. They've had, they've had relationships. Uh, Javante's done a little bit of training down here as well. And Adrian is in a good spot in his career because he's he's always going to have people interested in watching him. And I think Javante's of that same milk. Because of the Mayweather ties, because of people being intrigued by him, he's, actually, he's, he's excellent on social media. People for a long time are going to care about watching Javante Davis fight. But can he be bigger than that? Can he be bigger than just people caring about watching him fight? Can he be an elite fighter? And And that question, I think, still remains when you learned about what was going on in that fight as it was all happening. So, um, entertaining night. That was for sure. Uh, I wanted, before we hit the break, Badu Jack, who's one of my favorites. I love Badu Jack. Uh, discovered by the great Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Let's go, champ. In Sweden. True, true. Shannon Cannon uh, scouted uh, Badu Jack the Ripper. Uh, taking on Jean Pascal. Holy hell, what a good fight. What, what an amazing, amazing uh, contest between these two. Pascal was uh, was dominating the the early goings in this fight. The early goings he puts he puts uh puts Badu Jack down early, and then just just an absolute rally by by Jack. Throughout, I gave him the slight edge, but I know that I'm I'm taking a guy who uh, is 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 uh, one of my favorite guys to watch. So I I I, uh, I I take that with full bias, knowing that. But he ends up putting him down in the twelfth, which is just an incredible showing. By the way, I mean, does Jean Pascal does he have the biggest traps known to man? This dude is. This dude is, is is chiseled out of granite, but he has these hulked up shoulders, and I'm like, man, how does this guy even throw punches? It's crazy. He looks like he's ready to go deadlift, deadlift a moose. It's a, it's unbelievable. But those guys put forth an, an incredible contest, a really really fun night uh, on Showtime Boxing, and, and a great showing by both of those guys. Pascal ended up getting the nod, 
Uh, Jack, you know, not surprising. A guy, he almost had his fourth draw of his career. This guy, he, he fights such razor-close fights all the time, um, but is always entertaining, always an entertaining guy to watch, and, uh, and that's why he's one of my favorites. So really great night on Showtime. We'll be back with more on Fighters Fury after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on this Sunday morning. Our final show of 2019. Greatest show on 7 night of the ticket of the decade. I have declared it. With all the change that's been there, this has not changed at all. Greatest show of the decade. Boom. Undisputed. Undefeated. Never lost. Uh want to uh, want to want to make a point of this to to our audience down here because I rail against this all the time where I don't feel like as a as a as a fight fan community we're respected enough especially with how much it's in it's in the the culture of this city um you know all the all the all the fighters that train down here uh, the love that fighting has down here whether it be you know boxing or mixed martial arts uh, it really is beloved, and, and, and I feel like we have shown out uh, the last few big contests that have been down here. UFC Fort Lauderdale, it was absolutely packed. Um, you know, the, really some of the local shows. I mean, as passionate as it gets with some of the fan bases that come out, especially with some of the local flutters that people want to go out there and support. But coming up in 2020, I mean, we got ourselves a pretty damn busy first quarter of the year down here in South Florida. Uh, so I wanted to make a point of this because – in about a month's time on the zone, we're going to get a title fight, Demetrius Andrade taking on Luke Keeler. And and for those who don't know, Demetrius Andrade may be, may be the best middleweight on the planet. He may be. And nobody wants to fight him. He fights on the zone. And it's a weird thing because all the best middleweights are on the zone, basically. I mean, outside of the outside of the Charlos, basically all the best fighters at 160 are on the zone, and they still can't get him a fight. Now, hopefully, he gets this. He gets this win over Keeler, and that'll make him undeniable. And, and and he'll get something. Maybe even Canelo down the road. And we'll get to him in a second. But uh, it's a really, really, it's it, it's a really, really cool thing getting Demetrius Andrade. Now, they're also putting on this fight uh, on this fight card. Jake Paul, Logan Paul's brother. Jake Paul is fighting on this card. Uh, they were, I guess, happy with the Logan Paul KSI fight. And they've decided we're going to up the, uh, the the visibility of this. Now, mind you, this is Super Bowl week. So you're going to get uh, – it's, it's going to be, I imagine, a lot of famous people who want to go and to check out some entertainment. You're going to get this. This is going to be, this is going to be interesting. So uh, coming up in, on January 30th, DAZN has themselves a card coming up. Then February 15th, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship is going to be making their South Florida debut. Now – we broke this story. We broke the story on this very show thanks to our interview with uh, the great Hector Lombard, the OG of Fighters Fury. We, uh, we went over to, to Kevin Gleason's place. Uh, Hector was kind enough to sit down with us. He told us. He says, listen, man, I'm making my debut in February. I'm headlining the first bare-knuckle Miami card. And Hector was not lying. That became official recently. So February 15th, if you're into watching bare-knuckle, that's going to be going down. And Hector Lombard, he's going to be taking on Joe Riggs. That's going to be the main event. But I'm excited about that. I haven't been to Bare Knuckle yet. Um, I've watched a bunch of the cards. Uh, they've been in Tampa. I've been invited to go. I just, you know, Tampa. I mean, it's like, you know, i got to do this, and then i got to be here for the show. So it just didn't work out. So I'm very excited about that. And I saw this. This was – I don't know if this has been officially announced because I haven't seen it, like, on any official schedules. But 
it's about as good a source as any because a lot of the times, uh, and I tell this to the Hard Rock all the time, because a lot of times I'd be like, hey, is, is this fight coming up uh, on such and such a date? And they're like, oh, that's that wasn't supposed to be announced yet. But, uh, but yeah, the fighters get excited about it. But I saw uh, Jesse Beast Boy Cruz, uh, who's, a, who's a local fighter, really entertaining fighter. Uh, if you ever watch Jesse fight, that dude brings all action all the time. But he said on his Instagram that there is a Showtime card coming to Hialeah Casino on March 28th. So uh, that's interesting. Now, I can only deduce because I believe Jesse is under uh, King Kong Promotions. He's under Luis Ortiz. I can only deduce that if they're going to do a card at Hialeah, that Luis Ortiz is likely going to headline. Now, again, it's not official. I'm doing some connecting of the dots here, all right? I'm out there with my with my little with my little workbook. I got my number two pencil and I'm I'm connecting dots. I figure if you're having a showtime card and you're gonna do it at Hialeah, that you're gonna have Luis Ortiz on the card. I am mad and that's about right from the time Luis Ortiz would have fought Deontay Wilder to him getting back in. And I hope Deont I hope I hope Luis Ortiz gets himself a good opponent. Uh, you know, he should still be in there. I think Deontay Wilder said it right after their last fight because, you know, nobody will fight this guy. Nobody will nobody will go out there and give Luis Ortiz a chance. And I I hope that somebody, they, they, Showtime gets somebody to step up to the plate because I do think you beat Luis Ortiz, I do think you're a step away from the title. I really, I, I believe that. Uh, and if he wins a big fight, he's again a step away from the, from the title. Maybe not against Deontay Wilder, but a Tyson Fury, an Anthony Joshua, all these guys, he's worthy of taking on. So just keep an eye out of that. So it looks like January, February, and March, uh, three big cards coming up as far as, you know, some national coverage, some national promotion. Um, very, very exciting. So get on out there for this. Now, speaking of Canelo Alvarez, Canelo was uh, walking about the streets of L.A. and TMZ, who I love. I love TMZ. Reason I love TMZ is the is their method of uh, quote unquote journalism. I love the I love the the walk and talk, kiss ass TMZ reports. They're just the best. You know they they just like Canelo, you're the man, baby. Yeah, Canelo. Yeah, what are you going out? You you buying a Rolls Royce today? What's going on, Canelo? Big fight. Hey, hell of a knockout. And he goes, thank you, my friend. Thank you. And so like they kind of like they hook you in there, they kiss your ass, and then they go like, and uh, you know what's going on? You gonna fight uh, Floyd Mayweather ever again? He goes, what? He goes, that's right, Floyd Mayweather, yes or no. But sometimes they get good nuggets. And one of the things that TMZ threw at Canelo Alvarez were he wasn't given a bunch, and he actually wasn't he wasn't even speaking uh, English a lot. But they threw at Canelo Alvarez the idea of, of fighting Jorge Masvidal. And he goes, straight up, no translator, no translation needed. He goes... Why not? Why not? And you know what, Canelo? Why not? Why not? You, Jorge Masvidal, let's have some fun, man. Let's slather each other and, and, and get crazy. You know? Let's, it sounded crazy. Masvidal's sitting up there with eating the dual pizzas. Afterwards saying that he wanted to take on Canelo Alvarez. Certainly a vicious, vicious challenge as far as we're talking MMA, uh, boxing crossover, and... He got him to bite. He got him to bite. It's it. That's always the important thing. If you're a fighter and you can get the other fighter who has a lot of power to say yes, then all of a sudden we're in business. And not only that, let's not forget that Dana White's been flirting with this whole 
uh, this whole idea of, you know, wanting to get into boxing, Zufa boxing. We've been hearing about it forever. They were supposed to announce some stuff in October. Never happened. But you get your first crossover of he gets his guy, the baddest mother bleeper on the planet, Jorge Masvidal, Canelo Alvarez, the biggest star in combat sports. And Canelo says yes. Jorge Masvidal's already said yes. You got two big elements there. I would say the only big obstacle, and I don't even know how big an obstacle it is anymore because it seems like uh, their relationship is, 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 is not great. The only obstacle I could really see with a, a Canelo uh, UFC crossover, if Dana wants to get into the boxing, is Dana, I mean, is just merciless with his roasting of Oscar De La Hoya. Just, oof. And we remember Dana White, the last, the, the interesting crossover here, and I think could be fun, is Jorge Masvidal, and this is crazy, him and Nate Diaz, they made Canelo Alvarez wait. They had to wait out a fight for a made-up belt. The baddest mother bleeper on the planet. They had Canelo Alvarez sitting in his dressing room, watching on television, like, like he was just sitting there watching these two individuals fight for, for, for a, a fan-made title in a fan-made fight. And he's sitting there, biggest combat sports athlete on the planet going around, biggest contract. And he's sitting there on his couch for hours having to watch these two scrap it out. Watch Roy Masvidal stop Nate Diaz. And all the meanwhile, everybody in that arena, because they have no fights to watch, they have to sit and watch on the Jumbotron UFC. UFC had to give permission to the MGM to play that fight. It's a good backstory. It is. It's a fun backstory. I know people get tired of the crossover. Oh, I don't want to do McGregor Mayweather again. Nah. Let's have some fun, man. This is a, a fun story. I'm in on it. And the fact that, that Canelo, to the camera, said, why not? Why not? Why not then? Hell of a fight. I will say also on a Masvidal front, um, so Jorge Masvidal, he put up this funny video this week of Kamara Usman, welterweight champion of the world. And Kamara, you know, we, we also, we, we got to talk to Usman uh, in the lead up to his fight with Colby Covington. Great performance, great, great performance by Usman. Great fight between those two guys. Really, really a hell of a matchup. And Usman had this weird dismissive answer to wanting to fight Jorge Masvidal because I went into that interview wanting to get Usman's thoughts on he's in a position right now where he is the best welterweight on the planet he's really really great he is he is he's he's an unstoppable beast that's what he looks like right now but he's also what you would I guess call the least marketable out of all these welterweights you know who wants to take him on, and what is what is kind of the catch? Everybody needs a catch now these days, you know? You can't just be George St. Pierre absolutely dominant and, and sell a million pay-per-views. It just doesn't do it these days. Um, and he went about the idea of fighting Jorge Masvidal, who I feel like would be a huge fight for him. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big blockbuster fight for him. And he kind of dismissed it. He was like, who? who, is, who whoever that guy is, I don't even think he's most deserving of a title shot. He said that on our show. I don't even think he's the most deserving of a title shot. I think there are guys who have won six, seven fights in a row, referring to Leon Edwards. Now, 
thing with that is, you know, there was this this great poll. I'm trying to remember which platform it was, and it was like, who do you want to see Kamara Usman fight next? And it was Woodley, Covington, Leon Edwards, or Jorge Masvidal. And the poll had to make the point. He's beaten three out of four of those guys. And that's crazy. That just shows you how good Usman is. But it also tells you there is no other answer. There's not. There's only one answer to who he should fight. And that's Masvidal. But it is strange that he takes this tactic of, who's that? If I was Kamara Usman, and I know it probably pisses him off, and I know that there's there's some bad blood there also with uh, first round management and Aliyah Belaziz, the the two management. I mean, they hate each other like poison. They they got into fights at a at a at a was it a PFL card or a Bellator card, you know. So the, 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 there's some rift there. We also have the crosstown rivalry of Hard Knocks 365 American Top Team. What? But and all that stuff, you're missing an opportunity of great storylines as well. I mean, there there are a lot of avenues you're going to have here to promote just a hell of a fight, and. You know, to, for Usman to take this route of dismissing who Masvidal is um, is silly to me, and I just think it's one of these things where you want to you want to show that you're the man, and you're not you're not out here trying to beg for attention. But in the long run, you talking up a, a Masvidal fight is only going to be better for your career because right now he is kind of the hottest thing in UFC. He really is, and so if you were to go out there and beat him, I don't know if you would, but if you were. Uh, I wouldn't want to dismiss that person. I would want to talk them up as much as possible so that fight's as big as possible, i.e. you making a lot of damn money. Um, and Masvidal puts this funny video up of Kamar Usman on Joe Rogan experience. Basically, it, it's a cross-blend of him from the post-fight where he doesn't even acknowledge who Masvidal's name is to him giving all this praise to Hori Masvidal on Joe Rogan experience. It was a great video. And I guess uh, somebody reported because it ended up getting taken down. But it was, it was a great tactic by Masvidal. It really, really was. Because why would you go that route? I found it weird when we got the answer in the first place from Usman. Um, and I thought that that was a funny, it was a funny, uh, you know, I don't know if you call it a clapback, but a, a funny response from Masvidal on the whole idea that he went that route. We'll be back with more Fighters Fury. We got ourselves a big rematch that was announced yesterday. Plus, we'll get into a little bit of what went down. Bellator in Japan yesterday. Fedor Emelianenko. And Rampage Jackson, a little pride throwback in the homeland of pride. We'll be back with more after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. It's good to be back. Very, very happy. I love doing radio. And uh, I'll, I've been, it's been a fun vacation. I've, it feels like, it, it, honestly, this is one of those vacations where it's felt like it's been three weeks. Sometimes a vacation blows by quick. Um, I think it's just with the holidays and whatnot. You know, you're, you're going from place to place. And, uh, you know, it's just been, it, it's been fun being with the family and all that. Um, but I, I, do, I do love what I do, so I can't wait to get back to work. And they got another week off. They, they're going to be fine. I'm going to be seeing them a ton anyway because they get done at work at 10 a.m. Eh, crazy. But it's um, but it's fun to be back. It's been fun going the last couple of heat games. We'll talk a lot of heat, of course, coming up tomorrow, um, six to ten a.m. We're back in the saddle, back with Leroy, back to an oh, I mean, listen, Leroy, if you're listening, buddy, he take it back to back, and they beat the Sixers' ass. I'm gonna be insufferable tomorrow. So just just buckle up, buddy. Buckle up. You can also text show 67974. Text on the ticket are driven by Kennel Toyota and West Kennel Toyota. Text writes in. Gamba said, damage is done, my friend. 
but they didn't get it. He's tough as hell. I love that, guys. Uh, we have another edition of Damage is Done, my friend, coming up on Tuesday. But he's right. No, like Gamboa is sitting there telling you guys, yeah, I can't go. And the guy's just like, nah, you could go. Just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Come on, man. And uh, fighting through 12 rounds on a ruptured Achilles, that is that is absolutely badass. Like, you know, I guess props to Javante Davis for finishing off the job and, um, you know, winning his title at lightweight. But, my God, I mean, you're fighting a guy who was fighting on one leg. That's uh, – absolutely badass um one thing i do want to make a point of so there is a uh there there is a a big uh there is a, a big announcement this week we found out this week that um deontay wilder tyson fury the rematch it is official it's going down for uh february 22nd it is going down at the mgm grand in las vegas i was talking with uh with Zaz, i think zaslow and amber are going out there for that one lucky bastards this is the one it's the one thing that sucks about the morning show is that we're not going out for these fights because what is the point of going out if you're 3 a.m in vegas other than we could party i mean we could do radio row with strippers i mean that would be that would be fun too i'm just saying um but that has been the one big miss and this is going to be look i can't wait for this fight this is this is a great great matchup the last fight was a classic had a classic ending um and it's it's a fascinating fight to me because i don't i i think we come out of that first fight <clears throat> excuse me, with a lot of questions. I think we do. Um, and, and going into this fight, I think we're going to wonder whether the boxer in Tyson Fury is going to come in there even better prepared uh, to take on the, the the most devastating puncher in the game, or is Deontay Wilder, with that vicious right hand, is he going to be even more prepared to get to his game plan and hit a man who is bigger than him and knock him out, and I lean that way. I, I you know, I, I I happen to think because of the track record we've seen with Deontay Wilder, it's only, it's only a couple of rematches, but I lean in the direction of Deontay Wilder when he gets another crack at an opponent, beats him worse, or beats him faster, and so I think having that experience against Tyson Fury. Going into this next matchup, he's going to see the openings a lot better to know when he can land that right-hand bomb and put away Tyson Fury this time. Now, Tyson Fury took a monster shot and still got up, still got up against Deontay Wilder. So maybe Deontay Wilder, this is the one man where he hits him and he can live because most of the time he hits you and you're dead. Not literally, but almost. And so... I'm very fascinated by this fight. I can't wait for the lead up. Tyson Fury is already uh, a great antagonist. He's he's already uh, poking at, at, at Wilder for skipping media because he can't stand to be in the same room with him. Uh, he knows that he'll be he'll wipe the floor with him from a from a talking standpoint. So uh, I, they claim that that Wilder had the flu this week. So I'm excited for it. I'm very very excited for it. I'm, I'm glad the thing has uh, has been announced for this week. Now. <clears throat> I don't know cough buttons yet. I know that's been said here, so. Excuse my transparency when I take a drink of water. You know, I don't quite have the, uh, I got to get my muscles back up for the old talking. But um, we had Bellator 237 yesterday in Japan. This was a fun card. Uh, it was a little pride throwback. You had Fedor Emelianenko. He was taking on Rampage Jackson. Rampage Jackson. Big. Woo. Hey, Rampage Jackson, former light heavyweight champion of the world, Rampage Jackson, big for this fight. 
And he said, this is why Rampage is the best, though, because he don't give a bleep. He said after the fight, I felt like a hippopotamus. I, I just love that about him. He's the best. Like, look, two two dudes with, with awesome dad bods in Japan throwing down two legends, two pride legends uh, taking on each other. But Fedor, boom, cracks him hard, puts him out, gets himself a uh, big win. Now there were there was some um, he he seemed to hint that he's going to retire after that he said he seems to go that he's going to retire. I don't really know why for Fedor to be honest with you because this is what I would say. He's got a good thing going with Bellator and Scott Coker. He's still a draw. People care about watching Fedor, and I feel like there are plenty of guys on that roster that they can divvy up, find that he's going to be able to do that too. Um, you know, I wouldn't exactly put him in there with with the young lions of 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 the game anymore, but let's be honest, how many young, hungry, uh devastating heavyweights are there? And then follow that up, how many of them are in 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 Bellator? You know, Bellator's heavyweight division is kind of uh it's kind of the curtain you know the the peak behind the curtain. Like, yeah, let's see what's going on with Bellator tonight. They got two old legends fighting. That's 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 what their their heavyweight division has been. Um, so you know, but good for him. I mean, it's been a legendary career. It's been a legendary career and a great way to go. If that is the way he decides to go. Um, also a great knockout yesterday by Michael Chandler. Iron Michael Chandler. He's also one of my favorites to watch. Love uh, love Michael Chandler. He had himself a, a win over Sydney Outlaw who uh, stepped in two weeks' notice, basically. Uh, a little ATT, another ATT, Hard Knocks 365, cross-town rivalry. And uh, Chandler got himself a, a pretty vicious knockout to end the fight in the first round. So he gets himself back in the win column, which was needed for him. And Michael Page. Michael Page got himself back in the win column as well as he had a vicious knockout. You know the thing that's fascinating watching Michael Page, and he is fun to watch, and I think of of all the people on Bellator's roster, people look to Michael Page and say, well, that's their biggest star and the biggest star potential you have. And, you know, you notice on the show, I don't talk a ton of Bellator. I really feel like Bellator, in my mind, has had a, a pretty rudderless year. Like, it's felt very stuck in the mud. There hasn't been a lot of buzz about it. I don't, you know, a lot of their young prospects, they've... Uh, you know, they've sputtered a little bit. A lot of that was built on Aaron Pico. AJ McKee's still an absolute badass. Um, you know, but this has been a pretty quiet year. I mean, there's been – we've had some fun moments. I like watching the very early prospects they have, uh, like Valerie Lareda, who who made her debut this year. Um, that's been fun to watch. But as far as, like, the main events that they're throwing forth, you know, it's been – it's been a tad bland for me with this year in Bellator. It really has. And – I thought this was a fun card to end the year. But, you know, you look at it and you're like, all right, but Michael Chandler's still doing his damn thing. I'd like, you know, I'm at the point where I want to see what Michael Chandler would do in the UFC. I think he's, you know, he kind of, there was, that leap was going to come, but I felt like he made the decision to stick with his OG promotion because there was so much um, unrest with the lightweight division in the UFC. So why not stick around, still make a bunch of money with, uh, with Bellator? But at this point, I'm ready to see him make the leap. You know, how many more fights against the Pitbull brothers can you do? And Fedor looks like he's retiring. He's in that legends category. So, 
you look and you're like, well, who's in their prime? Who is the guys that they can go with and build off of? And you can go to Michael Page. But, you know, Michael Page is young, young. He's in his 30s. We've seen the highlight reel knockouts. We know that he can do highlight reel knockouts. But when it came title time, it's it, it wasn't quite there yet. And, man, I, I watch this guy and I, I see him fight aggressively. And I'm like, man, who who beats this guy with all that aggression flying your way? Who? Because it's one of those things where he has so many different angles and so many weapons that come at you. I don't know who can stop him, but sometimes he gets into these natures where he's so cute with trying to make something perfect that he uh, he really hinders himself, I feel like. It, but, you know, as far as personality goes, we've seen the, the wacky wardrobes and all that stuff. Uh, we've seen the crazy knockouts. He's definitely, the, I think, the best attraction that they got, but they don't have enough of them. They really don't. So, I apologize for my voice, everybody. It's it's really hitting a it's hitting a crashing halt here at the end of the show. It's uh it's one of those things where he's he's kind of the best they got, and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they need more because it's been. It's been to me uh, one of the blander years because I felt like when Scott Coker took over, you know, they were they were on a good trajectory, but you know, they went and it's funny enough, they went back to this model that Scott Coker liked uh and really was the the model that 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 got Bjorn Remney kind of heaved out, which was the tournament model, and they've gotten really hot, heavy into that uh as as kind of a deter from the freak shows, which was like his first Foot into Bellator where he's just saying, I'm going to put Frank Shamrock against Kimbo. I'm going to put Kimbo against Dada. I'm going to put, uh, you know, Frank Shamrock against uh, Hoist Gracie. Pull out all the stops. But in a way, I felt like that was a better way to get his young guys exposed. And I don't know if the tournament uh, has has bore as much fruit. Now they just lost uh, Rory McDonald to PFL. So, you know, it was a good ending for them. It was a fun year for them. It was a, it was a fun ending for them, but... I thought uh, I thought a kind of a rough year, not 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 the greatest for them, not the greatest. Now before we get out of here, and my voice falls off, a couple fights got announced. Greg Hardy, he's taking on Jorgen De Castro. It's going to be at USC Columbus in March. Um, he is uh, he's going to look to bounce back off that loss to to Volkov, which was on short notice. I think people uh, gave Greg Hardy a lot of respect for taking that fight on short notice, obviously after Inhalergate. And he's also taking on, a, on, a, on an undefeated prospect. So this will be uh, an interesting showdown for him as he is, uh, you know, he, 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 took a, he took a big jump into deep waters. He really, really did. So this will be an interesting uh, kind of reset to see where he stands with everything here. Uh, then Tyron Woodley, it was announced he's going to take it on Leon Edwards for uh, at the UFC London main event on March 21st. Awesome fight. I would say a possible number one contender. I mean, Masvidal is, in a lot of people's mind, the number one contender, bar none. Uh, and I do believe he has a, a, a stipulated title shot whenever he kind of wants to go get it. Um, but you got... Tyler Woodley, one of the best welterweight champs. He gets a win against a top five prospect in Leon Edwards. Hard to deny that Woodley should get right back in there for a title shot. And same with Edwards. But 
The rough part is they both already lost to the champ. So it's great. It'll be deserved whoever gets a, a win for a title shot, but you're at a bit of a spot where, you know, whoever comes out of it, great. You're going to be taking on a guy who's already beat you. So there's that standpoint. But the final thing I want to make uh, a point of, this was uh, interesting. So yesterday uh, I'm watching uh, the, the title games during uh, the, the uh, not the title, the, the college playoffs at the Heat game. They have, we have the TV on. <coughs> and uh, they, they show an ad for Conor McGregor. And they did this. It, it really, really took me back to when they did this with Ronda Rousey against uh, Amanda Nunes. And all of the promotion was the return of Ronda. They didn't even mention Amanda Nunes. Not really putting two and two together that, hey, Amanda Nunes could go knock out Ronda Rousey, and then what do you got? You haven't even invested anything into her. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And last night, they haven't done this with all the ads. So I'm not trying to rip the UFC here. Because they have done Connor Cowboy ads, but they did a an entire return of Conor McGregor debut on ESPN Plus kind of angle, and those things are always dangerous. This is this what we talked about the, the previous segment with Usman ignoring Masvidal? You always want to uplift both opponents as much as possible to make it the biggest fight possible because it's fighting, and. Anything can happen. And, and and McGregor could very well lose this fight. And then what? And lose to the guy who's won the most UFC fights of all time. So I found it interesting that they kind of went that angle that they did with Ronda years ago with Amanda, which everybody criticized, kind of blew up in their face. And, you know, they kind of had to deal with the ramifications. And now they're at that with Connor. So it was an interesting angle. But uh, but I'm, I, I want to see those two in a press conference. I don't know when that's going to happen. We're about three weeks out and I do feel like we need those McGregor microphone moments to really blow up the fight so I don't know if that's gonna happen after the holidays or if they're gonna do something fight week but man that really really does need to happen anyway we're gonna get out of here everybody everybody have a great rest of your Sunday we'll talk to you tomorrow 6 to 10 a.m and go rest up this voice get it right for tomorrow um enjoy Zach Duarte's coming up Rashad Butler's coming up next to get you ready for the NFL Sunday And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, 6 to 10 a.m.